Hey everyone, why don't you come on down? It's Point Break Minute, don't be a clown. We point out the moments and break down the minutes, so climb on board to the Point Break! Welcome back to Point Break Minute, where we point out the moments and break down the minutes of Point Break one minute at a time. I almost forgot our tagline. <laughs> I'm Maren Kennedy. And I'm Jessa Lowe. And with us today, all the way from England, is... It is I, John Parker, here to ride those sick waves with you two. Indeed. Yeah, you, uh, usually John is hanging out with, uh, with Batman in chilly Gotham City, but here we're in, uh, we're in Los Angeles and it's nice and warm. Yes, it makes a nice change. Uh, although I am a creature of the night, I enjoy the uh. cold. This is a nice break for me. Yeah, you know, you always want to switch it up every now and then, even if you have your certain preferences. So, we're getting right into minute 62. 62. All right, so minute 62 is Keanu and Busey at a gas station, I believe. Yeah, across um, the street from one, adjacent to one. You know, where you go. They're it's, in a, a nighttime it's, it's the hangout. Lot. Yeah. For teens. The, <laughs> the cool teen hangout. Yeah. <laughs> so clearly these two, yeah, they're the cool teens, right? Yeah. yeah. Busey's the ghoulish teen that we always wanted. <laughs> like uh, it's with Steve Buscemi on 30 Rock. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, my fellow teens? <laughs> I Whatever quote that said. at least twice a week. So. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fantastic, uh, fantastic bit. And so it starts with um, Keanu. That could be, just to interrupt, that, that could be another for a, for a reboot, our, our fantasy reboot. Steve Buscemi could be Pappas. Oh, yeah. I could 100% yeah. see him playing that part. That would work. Definitely. Yeah, yeah definitely. I would super dig that. Um, that would be, oh, that's good. <laughs> so it starts with Keanu talking to, um, almost said Swayze, talking to Busey um, at the Teen Hangout gas station and the, kind of going over his his uh, hunch. Now, to recap, in the last uh, couple of minutes, Keanu has finally realized that the uh, who the ex-presidents are. They're his, the guys he's been hanging out with, Patrick Swayze and the gang. So he's now he's telling Pappas about it. So basically this minute is just... He's basically telling Pappas what the audience already knows. Yeah, yeah. the um, the The camera has a nice little uh, circular movement that it makes over them, kind of like in, in, uh, what's the word? Like it circling them. The camera's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know film talk. I don't know. But <laughs> no, I don't either. <laughs> it's it's circling it's them nicely. Panning across, panning around. No, no I, don't I don't know. So. But it's it's circling them nicely, kind of fueling the fire of uh, Keanu's adding everything up, um, and them kind of it's all coming together. Yeah, them them solving it together. Um, and um, yeah, I thought that that adds a nice little little whirlwind. Yeah, they do their best to make this exposition scene interesting. Uh, it's. It's an exposition scene. It's as I said, the audience already knows that there is a nice little bit right at the beginning of this minute. He mentions that he goes to have lunch. That uh, Bodhi goes to have lunch at Patrick's Roadhouse, which is a pretty clear uh, homage to Roadhouse. Yes, that was one of my first questions. Is that su- deliberate? Is it supposed to? Be? It, it has, has to, to be. be. It yeah. has to be. I would hope so. It was brilliant. Yeah, it has. I it loved has to it. be. <laughs> yeah. I imagine the the writer of this was a fan of Roadhouse and was excited to have Patrick Swayze in his movie. So, I I can only imagine Roadhouse is. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen Roadhouse, John? 
Right, I'm going to sound terrible. I, I'm not hugely up on the Swayze ah. milieu. So I have not seen Roadhouse, and I hadn't seen this until Invited On. Well, so I appreciate I... Yeah, I'll, I'm glad to uh, have another uh, convert to the Point Break uh, church. Oh, I, I am a convert. Uh, Thank you okay, for excellent, me to excellent. watch it. It was a wonderful movie in many ways. It's, but... it's fantastic. Uh, Roadhouse is not quite as good. Uh, it's... It's cheesier, if you can believe that. Uh, it's it's uh, a little bit, you know. It's it's just even less hard to believe in a way. He plays a Patrick Swayze plays uh, a professional bouncer named Dalton, uh, and it's it goes from there. Sam Elliott's in it. It's it's enjoyable fun. Dalton um, is a good name, but it's no Johnny Utah. No, not quite. <laughs> or Bodie. Oh, Bodhi, yeah, yeah Bodhi. That, that took me a second. I didn't understand his name until they explained, oh, like Bodhisattva. You know? I was like, oh, yeah. okay, I get what they're going for. Yeah, yeah but, um, I like it. Yeah, Jessica, you, have you pro- we've probably talked about this before, but that's one of your, like, children's names? or My, my imaginary children. Your oh. imaginary children that will never actually happen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because children are uh, too much of a hassle. Yeah. But uh, yes. if, if it happened, Bodhi would be uh, a possibility. Yeah. No, I'll have to watch Roadhouse because this, this was great. Like I expected yeah. this movie to be, like I thought it'd be fun, but I thought it'd be like a balls to the wall action film. But it was actually much more interesting than that when I watched it. it in the end, it, it was more about relationships and characters, mm-hmm. and it's kind of slow. But I mean that in a positive way. Like the movie breathes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good that's a good way of putting it because there's to me this movie's so silly yet there's something about it that's so it's, intriguing. Yeah, I, mm. I I I can't believe like after going through, you know, however many minutes of this uh that there are people there are people who believe that this is a bad movie. What? And I it, yeah. I, I can't quite get behind I can't understand it. It's uh, I think it it comes across as kind of a cheese ball movie in some ways, but it's elevated, you know. It's it's kind yeah. of taking that and like elevating it in a really nice, intelligent way. I think it's so, yeah, it's uh, like a serious movie. It's, I thought, oh, it's going to be like good, bad. It's going to be you know silly, mm, and funny because mm. you know they reference it in um, in Hot Fuzz, which is yes. I'm familiar with. The, in like, the same breath as Bad Boys Two, which is definitely yeah. more like the just silly, stupid balls the wall action, you know. Uh, but no, this yeah, it's it's not as much of a you know the the one scene that they show in Hot Fuzz, which is coming up soon, is uh, <laughs> is kind of like the most you know one of the more it's the the big chase. Yeah. yeah. Um, but most of it is not quite as much as it's a lot of surfing and just you know male relationship stuff. Yeah, and this minute in particular, I thought summed up like the way this movie presented itself in a way I wasn't expecting. Like this, this is a serious exposition scene. He's explaining the plot mm-hmm. he's uncovered the plot he you know i didn't think you'd get that i thought it would just be i'm gonna go and shoot them <laughs> yeah 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 and this is you know this, we're like halfway through the movie and he's this is the first time he's this is when he's discovered that who the you know the the bad guys really are and he hasn't known up until this point so now it's kind of just turning into more of like the okay we've got to go get them now and up until then it's just been like they had yeah the scene with the the false gang a few you know a few minutes ago but yeah it's been more about uh just sort of getting the Keanu Reeves discovering himself through the power of surfing. There are a couple things, though, about this scene that, to me, <laughs> are worth noting of of silliness. Yes. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, more than a couple things. Oh, you know, when you really get down to it, um, 
Keanu's line delivery is just particularly flat and glassy eyed. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I do believe, I am of the belief that Keanu Reeves is a good actor. Uh, sort of, you can debate it either way, but this, this is a scene that you could use for an argument for the, the other way. I think he, uh, he stump- it seems like he's only stumbling over his lines a few times. He kind of mumbles it, and uh, he's just kind of trying to get through it. I, I did notice he said he has the word "definitely" twice in this this scene, definitely. and he he always says it in a very like <laughs> pronounced way. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> the most Ted way possible. Yeah, that's where his Ted comes out. Yeah, he's an interesting actor. I think he he doesn't really kind of have a lot of charisma, but you love him, and I don't know why. Like, yeah, it's it's kind of. I think he does have charisma. It's just not in the in a very practiced manner. I think he just naturally yeah. has it without trying. Yeah, he just so comes just, across like a. Like, you just like him. Yeah, you, you just like him exactly. Him. Like this scene, he's you know he's just talking. He's kind of kind of looks like he's struggling with his lines uh, a few moments. But I still I'm still rooting for him 100. Yeah. percent Like I just yeah. like him. Now, John, where do you fall in the camp of? Uh, do you think Keanu's you know, Mern said he thinks Keanu's a legitimately good actor. Hmm. Where, where do you fall in that? I'm, this is going to sound really boring. I think I'm in the middle. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think he's he's good at certain parts, certain roles, uh, but he's also in his career taken on some that were not tailored to him. Like, I really like Bram Stoker's Dracula. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I'm sure a lot of people probably have. I love the movie. I love Keanu. I don't love Keanu in the movie. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's that's probably one of his his uh, lesser uh, lesser moments. Yeah, uh, but then the Matrix, for instance, he he plays that perfectly. There's there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with what he's doing in that. It works mm-hmm. for that part and that world and that film. He's great at being a protagonist because he mm-hmm. just he's so good at getting your sympathy no matter what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. So I think he, he has to be in the right role, which yeah. yes, obviously you could say that about a lot of actors, but. Uh, Specifically for him, it seems to be if he, if he's out of his comfort zone, it really doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I, I I guess you know it's kind of semantics, but yeah, I, I would say you know, he's definitely given some bad performances where he wasn't used correctly. You know, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, and uh, maybe Much Ado About Nothing. Yes, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, he's not great in that. Uh, but when he's when he's used properly, when he's in the right role, he's, I think he's really great. Yeah, and is that his fault? You know, someone cast him. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, the, the interesting we've talked about this before, but he, I, you know, he does. He was doing it when he, when he did the Much Ado About Nothing. He had, I think, he had just done Hamlet mm. in uh, Stratford in Canada. Um, so he he was interested in pushing himself beyond the sort of action hero persona and in doing more interesting roles and and sort of stretching his his acting instrument. Um, mm-hmm. But I think at a certain point he may have may have discovered that that wasn't the right way to go for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's worth a try, though. It's good. Yeah. You know, you've got I, to I admire him shot. for for giving that a shot, and I think it probably it didn't. I've I've heard good things about his Hamlet actually, uh, way back in the nineties, uh, but I, I obviously didn't see it. See, I'd be interested uh, in seeing it mainly because I find in almost every film he's in, he he sounds the same. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and in this, that's what that's what really baffled me. I had a question for both of you because. The first time I've seen it, you know, why does everybody in the movie have a hard time buying the fact that Johnny Utah is a surfer? (laughs) (laughs) They all instantly make fun of him and stuff. You know, they call him a yuppie even. But this dude looks and sounds like a surfer. 
does. <laughs> yeah, you'd think it would be the opposite, where he's like a surfer. You would be hard to buy him as a surfer pretending to be an FBI agent. Yeah, and be like, exactly. oh, you're not an FBI agent, but it's That's the opposite I, of that. I assumed like, oh, Swayze's the cop, and he's the surfer. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is It is kind of a bizarre thing where he's, like, trying to, you know, play this part where it's, like, yeah, it's Keanu Reeves as a natural sort of cool guy persona trying to play a button-down FBI agent who's trying to play a cool guy. It's kind of a, an interesting meta uh, acting challenge for him. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I thought the gangs would just accept him straight away. Like, oh, yeah, he's one of us. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd think so. Especially with that long, floppy hair. You mm-hmm. know? He's... <laughs> yeah. Can you know, compared to all the square haircuts of the FBI agents? Well, so, yeah. well, sometimes he has his hair kind of slicked back, but then it it comes apart very easily, and then it's kind still, of flopping around. Yeah, still pretty long. <laughs> it is. It is longer. Yeah. Although actually, Busey's hair is is not very well kept either. Yeah. He's oh, I loved a, him in this. I, oh, he's so I, good. He's so good. I love him anyway. Like I'm a huge <laughs> fan of his because he's crazy. He's wild. I love everything about him. But in this, it, in a way, it was the opposite thing that I, I enjoyed. He was just playing, um, a, I don't want to say a serious part, because he did have comedy moments. He did funny stuff. But he he was yeah. playing it like sh- straight, I am this FBI agent. I'm going to play it as such. You know, he's not being too crazy, too wild, too Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he has a few it's moments here and there where he, he throws in, a, a, you know, a choice that another actor wouldn't make. Yes. Uh, we'll get to that, a little bit of that in the, the upcoming minutes. Uh, uh, but, yeah, he, he mostly plays it as, a, you know, he's believable as, like, this sort of older FBI agent who uh, doesn't quite play by the rules, but he's sort of been, mm. you know, hammered down by these by his superiors over the years and rarely gets something right. But he has a lot of experience. You know, you, you buy him as that. And he has a really great eye-acting yeah. moment in this scene um, where... I can't remember the exact line. What is it? Um, Angelo, I'm right this time. We can still win this one. And there's a beat. And Busey Mm. kind of like thinks about it for a second. And then he's all in. And that little like switch in his eyes was really good. Uh, Yeah, you see him make his choice. Like, okay, I do believe him. I'm going to I'm going to go with him again. Yeah. Even though he did, as he said last time. I followed a hunch of yours. I had to kill a guy. I hate that. It looks bad on my report. Which is, of course, a bunker in the raid scene, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I love that, though. These two, they, they're they a good team already. Like, they trust each mm-hmm. other a lot, considering they've only really just met. But it, uh, even though he, you know, he does kind of have a little, a little dig at him there, like, you know, because of you, I had to shoot someone. Even then, it's kind of like, like the way you talk to a friend, you know. It's like, yeah. oh, you caused me an inconvenience, but it's okay. I love you. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely connected. They've been through a lot already, and uh, and they're sort of the, they only have each other at this point because you know the John C. McGinley, the FBI guy, is is not trusting either of them, and the other FBI uh, agents are kind of uh, kind of ostracized them. So they kind of only have each other at this point to uh, to do this. They have a good chemistry. They do. It's about this movie's about male relationships. Yeah, it is. It's. Um... It's exceptionally homoerotic, and I don't mean oh, that as an insult is. at all. I'm, oh, I'm no, not of that kind not. of person, but uh, it's like I kept expecting Keanu and Patrick to to just kiss. Oh, <laughs> oh for sure. I know. I this this movie to me, and I, I think I brought this up maybe in the in their bonus episode, but 
this movie and Fight Club to me have very similar um, yes. homoerotic tones in it of just mm. like that that deep friendship and connection and like there's just something that draws them to each other and I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that may also be part of why this movie was featured in Hot Fuzz, uh, because that's kind of what Edgar Wright is about too. Not not to the not as much of uh homoerotic, uh, but definitely like male friendships and like the closeness mm. that men can have. I think yeah, that may have been not... why why Point Break was uh, was chosen to be one of the bits for that. Definitely. Like now I've seen it, I think that that's what they're going for. It's it's not the action of Point Break that they're influenced by which is what i assumed it's it's the relationship definitely yeah and this similarly with bad boys too uh although that's i don't particularly like the relationship that they have in bad boys too <laughs> will smith is a little hard on uh, martin lawrence that's, i don't yes. really like that but uh it's still like you know this male friendship that they're you know they're they're together to the end and uh that's probably why they chose those movies for that mm. wonder if uh so yeah uh we talk, we talk about Busey's shirt. Oh, yeah. <gasps> it's beautiful. Oh, it is. <laughs> he has a great collection of shirts in this. It, they both have some good shirt moments in this scene. Um, mm. Busey's shirt is, you know, obviously incredible. Some sort of, like, silk, like, brushstroke design on his shirt. And then Keanu's nips can cut glass <laughs> in this scene. <laughs> and it's, they, they are just... They are at attention. Um, <laughs> yeah. Their shirts represent their characters. You know, Busey has like the loose, you know, cool guy, Hawaiian floral print, you know, just totally loose on his frame. And Keanu has this tight T-shirt, shows off his pecs and his nips. Yeah. <laughs> well, Those... do you think, though, that's supposed to be... Is is that supposed to be the environment that they're in? Because this is a very warm place, is it not? It's a bit strange I... that he'd be very... Uh... At attention. <laughs> he is so excited about he's what's talking, about to he's go He's talking down. about Bodhi. Yeah. yeah. He's just yeah. getting a little bit of a, yeah. Yeah. I bet that's it. That's what it we'll say. Be. That, it must be. That'll yeah. be our canon. Yeah. Because, I mean, we've had, we've discussed some of the weird environment things in this movie before in terms of, like, it's supposed to be nighttime, yet it's, like, only, like, five o'clock and it's L.A. <laughs> I don't know. All the all that stuff before yeah. yeah there are some continuity errors with the time so it may have been filmed in winter who knows mm. so yeah my my limited english understanding as someone who has never been to america is that this place is pretty warm and pretty sunny most of the time yes yeah, yeah. i've actually only been to los angeles once uh and it was during the spring i believe so i, I don't know if it gets cold like if it's winter and it's at night does it mm. get cold then? Probably a little bit. Maybe like a little it bit. Must but it's, do. Yeah, it's not like Nevada like... where it's like so hot during the day and then at night it's like like No, it wouldn't get below dick. freezing temperatures, yeah. I don't think. So Cuz it's still more of like beachy than deserty. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Is anything else you want to say about this minute? I think I'm good. It's it's mostly it's exposition. They're uh you know at the end of it, Angelo Pappas is sort of on board, and they're gonna they're gonna go pursue these guys, and we'll see what happens next. Mm. Anything else you want to say, John, about this minute? No, I think that's everything. Yeah, it's uh it's one of those that's a great minute in the film, but it, it's hard to come up with lots to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's... That's not an insult. 
Oh know, yeah, it, it's it's one of the it's necessary, but it is exposition. It's stuff that we already know. Um, you know, they have a couple of nice moments, uh, mm. but that's about it. Yeah. Well, actually, hang on. I have thought of a question. I have oh. thought of a oh, question. Yeah. Oh, just throwing a spanner in the works. Right. Again, first time I'm watching it. So, are we the viewer supposed to be shocked that it's the people he's been hanging out with? Because I, I admit I wasn't. I assumed it was them from minute one. But maybe yes. that's years and years of seeing parodies and things like that. Yeah, you know, that's a good question because I, I've seen this movie, you know, deep in, deep in the reeds now. Uh, so it's hard to see it from an outside perspective. I think it's, I think even if, you know, you saw it for the first time, even without, you know, knowing it from pop culture, I think you would still, I think it would still be pretty obvious from yeah. the get go, you know. <laughs> There's there's four guys and they you know at, at the beginning he says like oh they're surfers and then he meets these surfer guys and yeah like, oh it's them <laughs> and in the the remake there's never any question yeah and the re- and I think yeah we we talked about that on our mm. our bonus episode uh mm. and that made it a lo- at once it kind of was like well yeah why not why have that when it's so obvious but at the same time it it took away some of the the tension of the plot yeah. So yeah, I could imagine, some... like, even if we know it's fun that the characters don't sort of... Yeah, ever, for sure. Yeah. It's okay yeah. for the audience to know something the characters don't and still see them discover it. And they yeah. still do, and we'll talk about this in the, in the upcoming couple minutes, but it it creates that extra layer to their relationship and I think makes for some really good reveals still. Um, and that was, yeah, that was what didn't work about the remake, uh, is that... There Since he knew that he was a criminal from the get-go, it wasn't as easy to buy him getting hooked into this guy. Whereas in this one, you see him like, oh, he doesn't know that he's, you know, a bank robber this whole time. So it's easy to believe him getting sucked into the circle and sort of believing what he says and sort of becoming yeah. friends. And then when he discovers that it, it's sort of this this crisis of character that he has, which we will see demonstrated in the moment from Hot Fuzz mm-hmm. in a few minutes. <laughs> Do we want to go over our recommendations? I would love to, Jessa. Okay. John, why don't you kick us off? Ah, yes. Well, obviously, I've been asked to recommend something. So I thought so I thought I would try and tie them to each minute incredibly tenuously. Okay. Because <laughs> that gave me a focus. So I thought, well, what's happening in this scene? They're talking about the crime. So the closest I could get was like, I'm going to recommend a crime movie. Uh, but one that's a little bit more obscure. So uh, a crime-related film I very much enjoy and would recommend is Brother. It's a, a Japanese movie. I think it's a Japanese and U.S. co-production uh, starring Takeshi Kitano. Mm. And it's uh, it's about a Yakuza guy who has to run away because uh, he's, he's basically he's going to get assassinated. So he has to run away to America and he moves in with his uh, his nephew who's just this sort of street kid who sells weed. <laughs> and uh, he kind of takes over his weed business and turns it into an American-based Yakuza empire <laughs> so, with disastrous consequences. Ooh, oh. this sounds good. Mm, it's very good. Right, this down- Is this a recent movie? No, no, it's... Uh, oh, I'm trying to think now. Early 2000s? Okay. Mid-2000s, maybe? It's... Uh, it's excellent. I I just love Takeshi Kitano in everything, but th- this mm-hmm. is one of his top ones for me. Nice, a good awesome. recommendation. Yeah, well, it's a good, good one for us too. Yeah. All right, uh, you want to go next, Jessa? 
Sure. Um, so I'm going to recommend um, a TV show, which isn't doesn't need any recommendations, but I'm just going to talk about it. Um, Better Call Saul. Oh. Um, I was a diehard Breaking Bad fan and still am. Um, it was definitely a, a thing in Myrna and I's relationship when we were first dating. And I said, you know, if you don't like Breaking Bad, I don't think this is going to work. To which he laughed. And I think he thought I was joking. But <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> and um, and I, I love Breaking Bad. Um, so I was very hesitant to watch Better Call Saul. I don't really know why. I guess I was worried it might like cast a stain on my on my perfect little Breaking Bad world. Um mm. but we started watching it a couple weeks ago and from like the first episode I turned to Murrin and was like, "Bye, this is my life now." <laughs> um, so um I love it. It's it's super good. Um uh William McKinnon is that his name? Uh, Michael McKean. Which I don't know why I keep on calling him William McKinnon, because I don't know who that is, but... <laughs> I don't either. It sounds just kind of like William McKinley. Maybe, I don't know. But Michael... McKean, Obscure president of the United States. Michael McKean is um, is in it. Uh, uh, Jonathan Banks is in it. Um, there's just really, really great acting all around. Bob Odenkirk is fantastic. It's basically... Um, we're only on the first season of the show still, um, so I can, I guess, only recommend what we've watched so far, but my guess is it's still going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's it's kind of explaining how Saul got from uh, starting out as a lawyer to the point where he was in Breaking Bad. Um, and he had a very different idea for his life when he first started out. So it's been interesting watching his, his own breaking of bad, um, as you will. Ah, um, I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, to become the criminal lawyer that he is. So the criminal lawyer. Exactly. Uh, that's what uh, interested me about the show. I'm actually two seasons behind, so I'm, I'm also behind it. But he, I always thought, oh, that's how he wanted to be. In Breaking Bad, he always yeah. set out to do this kind of thing. He's always been shady. Well, I suppose he has always kind of been a little bit shady. But, yeah. but he's struggled with it. He's, he's gone back and forth. That's sort of yeah, thing yeah. yeah. So it was an interesting uh, difference to what I was imagining because he was my favorite character in Breaking Bad anyway. Yeah, he's great. And we, we are, we're huge Mike fans, so we're loving get every, a good amount of Mike too. every moment of Mike. Um, yeah. And I, I love... The character of Chuck, who, again, you just said the name and... Michael McKean. Thank you. Michael McKean, um, because... Also known as David St. Hubbins from Spinal Tap. Exactly. I, too, struggle with a very similar... uh, I don't know what you would call it. Um, Phobia? Phobia, yeah. Um, Which I'll bring up in a later episode because I discovered something really cool that connects to Point Break about it. Um, but, uh, I love how they portray his, his phobia in a very real and honest way, um, that, uh, that I've talked to actually a lot about with, well, a little, probably a little TMI. I've talked to a, a peek lot. behind the curtain. Yeah. I've talked a little bit too much about it with my therapist about like, oh, <laughs> they, 
the, the way they do this with his with his phobia is just it's so fascinating and the, the dynamics and it's it's great it's great um and they don't make it a comedy thing they make it like a very real just plot point which i love yeah that's great um, it's like you who who can associate with that is not put off by it not at all it's, it makes me want to be it's like it's uh, something that's actually helping you in a way or at yeah. least inspire you know sort of good to see a good representation of that yeah definitely so yeah all right well i am going to recommend something that is also it came out earlier this year um and it was kind of a big deal i saw people posting about it on facebook and you know for about a week like these things that come out on netflix do sort of like everyone's (laughs) watching it and then it kind of just goes away but uh, if you missed that wave uh go check out nanette from hannah goldsby there's a comedy special uh she's an australian comic um and it was wonderful. It's a, it's kind of more like a one-person show than a comedy special because it's not all funny. Uh, she has a very, very dramatic uh, part as well where she talks about, uh, you know, what it means to be a woman and a gay woman in Australia, which can get very dark. Especially, I think she said she's from Tasmania, which is still, you know, kind of behind the times. Uh, so it it gets. It's it's very funny when it's funny, and it's also very uh, gripping. It's it's uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say the right thing. But it's like it gets very you know dramatic in a um, in a sort of presentational way, and it makes you think about you know your own life and how you respond to things like this. And it's, it's a it was very funny and also very informative and very uh, it sort of pushed pushed me in a nice way. So I recommend Nanette from Hannah Goldsby. Her name is not Nanette. And that is the name of the special. Her name is Hannah Goldsby. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. I'm, I'm checking that out straight away. Yeah, it's, it's. I really liked it. You know, it's an hour-long comedy special. Uh, it, yeah, as I said, makes you laugh. And then at the end, there's kind of like, there's a switch, and it's not so funny, but it's. It's. I'm, I'm glad I watched it. You, you laugh, know? Yeah. you cry, you... You kiss three bucks goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> or however much. I guess it's free if you already have Netflix or nine bucks, whatever. All right. Uh, thank you for coming on, John. Uh, we'll see you next time for yes, another thank Point Thank you Break very minute. much for having me. Absolutely. It's been, it's been delightful. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Um, we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Oh, and uh, check out Movies by Minutes, uh, other podcasts. Check out Bat Minute Returns. You're on the, the second Tim Burton one now, which I've really been yeah. enjoying. My personal yeah. oh, favorite. Thank you. Batman, I would say. Thank uh, God you said that. It's my favorite one. So if anyone disagrees, they're kicked off the show usually. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's harsh. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad we agree on that. It's it, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure you talked about it on. If you want to hear about Batman Returns, check out the Batman Bat Minute Returns with John and Niall. All right. Well, we'll see you next time for Minute Sixty Three. Woo!